listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we're talking about the very topical area of the COVID safe harbour provisions that have come into play in recent weeks in response to some of the real risks of insolvency that have read their head due to the COVID nightmare that we are currently working through. So in this episode, we're analysing the safe harbour provisions. We're really getting into detail to discuss how the safe harbour provisions work and what they mean for directors, what personal liability means for a director, where that can stem from in relation to directors' duties and where this COVID safe harbour can step in to assist directors in making various decisions in relation to how to um, help guide their business through this crisis. And we are also talking about statutory demand. So we're talking about the changes that have come into play in recent times. We're talking about what that means. We're talking about what that means from the perspective both as a creditor and as a debtor, because of course, the changes will have impacts for wherever you sit on both sides of the fence. Now, in order to talk about this very fertile area at the moment, we have on board a senior solicitor from Aspect Legal, Joe Wright. So without further ado, let's speak to Joe. Joe, welcome on to Talking Law. Hi, Joanna. How are you? Great. I am fabulous. Thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, so today I want to talk about two areas. I want to talk about the COVID safe harbour, as it being referred to at the moment, but also the changes in relation to statutory demands, because we have changes that are applicable in both of these areas at the moment. So I think it's important that we, we touch on both of them. So let's perhaps start with the COVID safe harbour change. And and maybe if you can give us just a quick background to what the safe harbour provisions are in any event, because this isn't a completely new area of law. It's just, you know, a little bit of a change or an addition to what we had in the past. So maybe if we start with the 2017 provisions and let's talk a bit about those first. Yeah. So the government introduced in 2017 some safe harbour provisions and they were really designed to give some to give directors protection from insolvent trading and they were designed to give directors an ability to adopt an alternative strategy to appointing either an administrator or a liquidator. So as your listeners may be aware that a company can't trade while insolvent and a director has a particular duty 
to prevent a business from either trading while insolvent or the risk of trading while in, or preventing the risk of trading while insolvent. And then, and sorry, I just want to throw in there and the way that, you know, practically this impacts directors is because if they're found to be acting in breach of these duties, it can trigger personal liability. And so that's where, you know, the real risk for directors comes. Absolutely. It can trigger both criminal and civil liability and it can also lead to a director potentially being made bankrupt because of the significant of the insolvency debt that's been incurred. So yeah, it's got quite significant ramifications for a director. So the safe harbor provisions that were put in place in 2017 were designed for companies to be a little bit more entrepreneurial in how they were addressing a potential insolvency issue. So it gave directors an ability to adopt an alternative strategy to try and trade or manage their business out of the risk of insolvency. So it meant that a director was not liable for insolvent trading for any costs incurred either directly or indirectly associated with adopting that alternative strategy, so long as that strategy was being actioned and being put in place. Then while that strategy was being put in place, then the safe, safe harbour mechanisms would apply and would give some level of protection to a director. Mm. So they were in place um, basically to ensure that the first point of call wasn't an administrator or an insolvent or a liquidator and to give businesses a chance at um, turning things around. So given the current circumstances, the government has introduced a new safe harbour mechanism and people are referring to it as the COVID safe harbour mechanism. And that means that directors will be relieved from personal liability for debts incurred if the business was trading while insolvent during this COVID period. But there are conditions in place to mm. that. And talk us through those because, uh, you know, the devil is often in the detail, Joe, isn't it? <laughs> there are, yeah. So there's three key limiting conditions. The first is that the debt must have been incurred after the 25th of March this year. And that's the date that these measures were put in place by the government. Um, they must be incurred in the ordinary course of business. And they must have been incurred before any administrator was appointed. So that gives the ability for companies while they're effectively in the hibernation phase at the moment during why they're in COVID to basically potentially go into debt to safeguard their business and to protect their business in the long term. And the government has, you know, it, it comes down to what's in the ordinary course of business and the government has given some guidance to what that means for businesses. So they've said that it could be um, some examples are taking out a loan to the business has enough money to pay staff over the next six months or to complement, I guess, the JobKeeper program. And it also could be used, for example, to borrow money to invest in technology so the business could move online or change part of their business to adapt to this new economy that we're all experiencing at the moment. Mm. And and so I guess, you know, what, what are some tips that we could give our audience of, uh, you know, business owners or managers in, in businesses if they're grappling with solvency 
issues and solvency risk. And they are wanting to find, you know, ways out of the tough situation that they're in, but they're not sure whether they should be, you you know, whether they're too close to the line, whether they should be looking at insolvency right now, or they should be doing the actions that they're taking might be protected under this COVID safe harbour. Let's maybe talk about some of the things other than obviously seeking advice to make sure what you're doing is something that will be protected under the safe harbour. What are some of the other things that they should be, you, you know, thinking of? Well, obviously getting advice is one of the key ones, but other than that the main thing is to be operating in good faith Mm. and these provisions that the government has put in place are not a permission to go and to ignore all the director duties that are in place so directors always have directors have duties under the corporations law that they need to adhere to at all times and these measures are not in place for you to allow risky behavior or a director to breach their fiduciary duties these measures are in place to try and safeguard and protect the business for the long term. So if they can see a measure, say, for example, paying for advice on how to transition their business to be an online business and to be able to provide their services online during the next six months, then that's a reasonable area that they could be putting their money or taking out a loan to do that investment. I guess the key is for them to be operating in good faith. The key is for them to be making sure that the measures that they're putting in place have the best chance or put their business in the best chance of survival. Mm. And they're the things that they need to keep in mind. Mm. But it does not alleviate them of any of their other directors' duties it is purely about trying to safeguard and preserve the future of their business. Yeah. And so I think the point here is be really careful. If you might be on the edge as you're making some of these decisions, make sure you're taking the right advice to make sure that you're that you're considering the right things and that you, you know, you're you're documenting things in the right way. Because at the end of the day, you know, it might be important for you to have a, a bit of a record behind you in relation to your reasoning for various decisions that you're making for the business. Absolutely. And it's also about um, realising that these measures are new and that if you enter into a debt, these measures will protect the company for six months, but we don't know what's going to happen at the end of those six months and how these Mm. measures are going to be treated Mm. at the end of that six months. So so documenting, having um, a strategy in place to realise, well, once the six months is over, then will we be in a position that we can go back to trading and being solvent? Mm. And that's something to keep in mind because we don't know how they're going to be, I guess, tested. Absolutely. Okay. And look, let's briefly just touch on uh, the other area that we're going to cover today, which is the changes. And once again, they're temporary. So the temporary changes in relation to statutory demand. So what's changed here, Joe? So two things have changed here. And that is one that the minimum threshold for creditors has to issue a statutory man- demand has increased from 2000 to 20000 And the other critical change is that if a company does receive a statutory demand, they now have six months to respond to that as opposed to the usual 21 days. So it just gives a little bit of breathing room for companies in terms of receiving the statutory demand and the ability to take some time in response. Mm. But one of the things, um, perhaps we didn't do at the beginning, is explain what a statutory demand is. And, uh, you know, if, if an organisation has a counterparty that owes it money, there's two ways that it can 
seek enforcement of that debt, you can either file a statement of claim in court or you can send them a statutory demand. And a statutory demand requires that they respond within a certain period of time. It used to be 21 days, but now it's six months. And if you don't respond in that time, there is a presumption of insolvency. And so that just allows you as a creditor to take proactive steps then to uh, seek to have the business wound up. But I think where this will be particularly interesting will be for organisations who are chasing debt now. So stat demands used to be, well, you know, perhaps can be a strategy in showing that you're serious in the pursuit of chasing money that's owed to an organisation. But now uh, I guess the problem is, you know, serving a stat demand on your debtors will have less teeth, less force than it once had because, you know, you, there isn't a short 21-day time frame anymore. We've now got six months. So, you know, I think it really will bring into question the strategy of how you ensure you are getting paid. Uh, and obviously, that that is one of the issues right at the moment. But sometimes organisations are in situations where they're not getting paid, not because of a, a failure of the other party to have the money, but because there's, you, you know, something else on, on foot. And in that sense, stat demands can be a really useful part of the strategy. Absolutely. Creditors will be looking at other avenues to retrieve their money and not using the stat demands. Um, so they might be looking at going through taking actions with the courts to wind up the company, but also when you're dealing with companies and suppliers to keep um, in mindful in terms of the transactions that companies are entering into, that for them to recover money, that the statutory man process will have less teeth over the coming months and mm. to be mindful of who they enter into contracts with, given that there might be a higher risk of recovering money. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? That is such a good point, Joe. Okay. Well, look, Joe. thank you so much for being on the show today. I guess, do you have any parting words for, for our audience here today? I guess two words of advice. One is to be mindful of these new provisions and to, to really use them as a strategy to try and save guard the business while we're going through COVID and two to get advice because they are new provisions we're in uncharted ter territory in terms of how they're going to play out and it's good to get advice before taking steps that might be that might have greater consequences yep absolutely okay joe i just want to say a massive thank you for coming on to talking law today it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show thanks very much joanna it's been great well, that's it for this episode discussing all about the COVID safe harbour and the changes to the statutory demand timing and process. If you'd like more information about this topic, then just head over to our website at talkinglaw.com.au. Through that website, you'll be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you'd love to read it in more detail. We also link through to an article there that we have on the very same topic if you prefer to read an article instead of a transcript or indeed if you want to um, read both the article and the transcript. And of course, at our website, you will also be able to find details of how to contact the fabulous Joe Wright or any of our other legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you'd like assistance with any of the items we covered today. So whether or not you'd like assistance with um, asset protection as a director or as a director understanding how to apply 
these safe harbour provisions uh, properly to protect yourself and your own assets and the business as a whole, or whether indeed you are a creditor that uh, has money outstanding that you would like to chase um, from your debtors through a statutory demand process or an alternative process given some of the um, issues we've highlighted um, today with the um, previous timings um, and strategy of using statutory demands. So if you'd like any assistance with any of these areas, then just head over to our website either at talkinglaw.com.au or our website at Aspect Legal. So that is aspectlegal.com.au. And we have a button on our website that allows you to book in a time to have an initial free chat with one of our lawyers, which I highly recommend um, if you have any concerns about your business in any of these areas. So that's it. I really hope you enjoyed what you heard today. And if you did, then don't forget to pop to your favourite podcast player and hit subscribe. Well, that's it. And thanks again for listening in to Talking Law. You've been listening to Joanna Oakey and Joe Wright from Aspect Legal, who is our proud sponsor of Talking Law. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.